0: Good morning, everyone. And so we're carrying on on our series on the family, calling it Family Wisdom. And the reason we're calling it Family Wisdom is because we're going to the book that has a lot of wisdom. It's called the Book of Proverbs. In case you don't know what a proverb is, it's just a a simple little pithy saying. It's, It's like a nugget of truth, full of good information and guidance for our lives. And of course, it was written by... A man who is called the richest and the wisest man who ever lived. His name is Solomon. That's right. And so we're going to Solomon. Uh, We're going to Solomon for some advice on the family. And by the way, in case you don't know it, Proverbs are jam-packed full of information that will help you with your life. Whether it's business, uh, laziness. It addresses the issue of laziness. It actually says quite a bit about that. It, It addresses the issue of vices, um, immorality, that sort of thing, what not to do, what happens if you do it, and how you're going to get into trouble. It talks about parenting. It talks about how to be a good husband. It talks about how to be a good wife. Uh, it's packed full of information. I think one of the topics that maybe, maybe the chief topic of the Proverbs is, in fact, parenting and how to be a good parent. So we're talking about how to be great parents and and how to get it right, because the fact is is that when, when that baby comes along, uh, there's the baby and there's the placenta, but there's no, there's no user manual. When I got my, I got my new vehicle, it has a nice user manual that tells you everything, what to do, and if it doesn't work, you can troubleshoot it. But when that baby comes along, there's, there's no troubleshooting manual. But that's why God gave us the Bible. That's why God gave us his word, because it, it helps us figure out this life, how to get it right. And so this morning... We're talking about how to parent properly, how to do it with wisdom. Uh, maybe you grew up in a home where uh, your parents' idea of wisdom was, was uh, children are to be seen and not heard. How many heard that one growing up? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, as soon as that kid steps out of line, give him a whack, and, uh, and, and that's the end of it. There's so much more to parenting, and the Bible is very clear how that's supposed to be done. Now, last week we talked about marriage. This week it's parenting. And the two are very connected, very closely connected. Because you as parents are doing that as a team. God's plan was that there's a father and a mother who work together to raise their children. It's, sadly, sometimes it works out as just a mother. Sometimes it's just a father. But God's ideal is that it's a mother and a father who love each other, who then will raise their children to love God. Now, when kids look at us, uh, theres I mean, it's very clear that there's a, a type of generational gap. I think we all know that. Uh, oftentimes our kids look at us like we're pretty dense, we're not too bright. And, uh, and maybe here's the reason why. Uh, the older generation's complaining about the new generation. Meanwhile, they're the ones that raise this new generation. Uh, how did they get that way in the first place? So uh, keep that in mind. Here, here's another one. Mom and dad, they call the young people stubborn and dumb. But meanwhile, they don't bother to learn how to use a laptop or a smartphone or navigate through the web. So there's a, there's a bit of a disconnect there. And so for that reason, a lot of young people think their parents are not too bright. They don't know what they're doing. Hey, look at when you become parents, there's a pressure on you. You just wanna be the best parents and you want everybody to think you're the best parents ever. I love this picture here, sorry for the poor quality. But here's a mom and dad out for a walk, and he says to his wife, hey, honey, smile so we look like the perfect parents. (laughs) Meanwhile, (laughs) there's a little guy being dragged behind, (laughs) the the happy parents. Hey, look, at the end of the day, this is what we all want. We want our kids to walk around with T-shirts that says, I love my parents. But you're never gonna see that. And there's a reason for that, because for so many kids, their parents just aren't cool. I'm gonna tell you why that is. It's because parents are not friends. They never, God never intended that parents be their kids' friends. Now some of you are sitting here thinking, hold on a minute here, Pastor. I'm best friends with my parent with my kids. Uh no, you're not best friends with your kids. You may you may be on excellent terms, but you are their parents. I'm gonna tell you the relationship between a parent and his child or her child is a unique relationship. In fact, it's 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 the, the perhaps the most important relationship of, of anybody's life, a parent is is appointed by God. This is God's idea. God's the one that set this up. Uh, he's the one that came up with this idea of having parents. God set it up in such a way that children, when they come into this earth, onto this earth, uh, they're not left to fend for themselves. And you look at look to nature, to to wildlife, and so often once a baby's born. Uh, Sometimes a mother will will nurse the child, the the baby, whatever it is, for a little while, and then that's it, they're gone. Uh, Buzz off, I'm done with you. Humans, on the other hand... Uh, like normal, healthy humans. Uh, They have babies, they keep them, and they protect them. They love them, they raise them, they teach them. And even after the kids go on and have their own families, then then we have what we call grandparents, and those grandparents then are responsible for those kids. And next week, Pastor Chris is gonna be talking about grandparents and their role in the lives of their children. And so I'm hoping everybody will be here. I hope that nobody thinks, well, I'm not a grandparent, so I'm not showing up, because you're gonna find out the, the, the importance of a grandparent and you're also going to find out what a, a grandchild's reaction or response to a grandparent is. Um, understand this about, about parents. Parents are called to guide their children. Parents are, are called to, to teach their kids and here's what they need to teach them. In case you want to just sum it up in a word, it's obey or Obedience. Obey is is the word, and I'm going to I'm going to show you this morning how obedience carries with it a power to help your kids succeed. Your kids cannot succeed in this life unless they follow uh, immoral or uh, illegal uh, panel uh, paths or or channels. If you want your kids to be a success in life, then you're going to teach them obedience. And you're going to see in a few minutes what the scripture says about obedience. But I'm going to tell you this right now. Your job and my job is to give leadership or guidance to our kids. When I hear parents say, I'm going to let my kids choose what their religion will be. I'm going to let my kids choose what they're going to... You know, it's nonsense. That's not God's plan. God's plan is that we teach our children, that we lead our children, we guide our children the path that they should go. Now, obviously, I'm going to let my kids decide what they're going to do for a living, When it comes to morality, when it comes to truth, when it comes to our faith, our job is to teach that to our kids. So when I hear somebody say, well, I'm gonna let my kids choose their faith, then I know what I'm listening to. I'm listening to somebody who doesn't have their own faith. Because if you believe in Jesus Christ, and if Jesus Christ has died on the cross for your sins, and you have been set free from your sin, if you know that when you die, you're going to heaven, if you have experienced the assurance and reassurance of eternal life that you know when you die, you're going to heaven. And if you have experienced the abundant life that's ours through Jesus Christ, then you're gonna teach your kids that. You're not gonna take any chances of letting them take another path that will lead them away from the wonders that you have experienced in your relationship to Jesus Christ. Very important that you understand you are teaching your kids. You are showing them the way that they should go. And I'm going to tell you, this is not just Alan Duncalf's opinion or ideas, but this is what the Bible teaches us, and I'm going to share more about that in just a moment. But let me tell you this, that if you get parenting wrong, if you don't do parenting the way the Bible tells us to do it, you are going to experience the worst pain in your life. Look, at, look what Solomon says here. It is painful to be the parent of a fool, There is no joy for the father of a rebel. This is what Solomon says. What is he saying? Well, first of all, let me just help you understand the word fool. When we talk about fool, we're not talking about somebody who's being silly. You know, like dumb, dumb and dumber, or something like that. We're not talking about Jim Carrey, or, uh, or or you know some of these comedians that that are just silly. We're not talking about that kind of foolishness. What we're talking about is immorality. That's what this is what the Bible means when it talks about being a fool or being foolish. It's talking about living a life that's immoral and doing things that are evil, things that are against God's will or against God's plan. So when your kids don't do the things that you've taught them to do, and hopefully you've taught them to do it, then I'm gonna tell you, you're gonna lose your joy, and not only that, it's gonna become very painful. Now here's the thing, is you're, if you're a parent today, you wanna have a, a joyful life. You want parenthood to be a wonderful experience. You wanna go through those years because I'm gonna tell you, once you're a parent, you're a parent for the rest of your life, and I'm gonna tell you, this pain lasts a lifetime if you don't do it right. You will lose your joy because there is no joy for the father of a rebel. So if you want to have joy in your life, then you're going to have to start doing things the way God wants you to do it. So notice that the emphasis here today is not on the child so much as it is on the parent. It's a parent's job to properly raise his or her child. And that's why you're here today, because you're going to learn about that. Now... uh, Let me just show you another proverb from uh, that King Solomon wrote, Proverbs 28.7. And look at this. It says, young people who obey the law are what? Are wise. Those with wild friends bring shame to their parents. Here, you're teaching your child the, the power of obedience because every child who understands obedience from a young age automatically has a leg up in life. You've got a great advantage, we we often think that if children grow up in a in an environment where there's where there's wealth where there's adequate resources, and that kid's got a a leg up in life. But I'm gonna tell you that that is not entirely true. There's a lot of kids that grow up in rich homes that are brats that end up in prison. I mean, how many times do we hear on the news famous people, their kids uh, are are crack addicts, kids have committed uh, all kinds of crimes, have gone to jail, many of them uh, committed suicide. They've had every advantage. What happened? I'll tell you what happened, is that those young people were not taught how to obey. They were not given wisdom to live this life. Now, it's really important that you understand this because here's what we see in the school system. The school system, it values knowledge. And so uh, we have seen, I mean, I think if you're a parent, you've been to graduations, all kinds of graduations, and it seems like there's, they graduate from just about every grade nowadays. You have to go to some, they graduate from kindergarten, they graduate from grade six, they graduate from, from grade nine, they grad, they're constantly graduating. And there's all kinds of rewards. And what are the rewards for? It's usually for how much the kid knows about something. The rewards are for the knowledgeable kids, the ones that got lots of information packed into their brains. But it doesn't say that here. Solomon says, hang on a minute here. School systems, you got that wrong. Young people who obey the law are wise. Now watch this. There's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. There's a lot of people who are brainiacs, but are absolutely useless because they don't know how to apply it. In fact, isn't that exactly what Jesus said about the Pharisees, the teachers of the law? These guys, they know the Bible inside and out. They can quote the whole Bible, Uh, they know it forward and backward. And yet Jesus says they're just a brood of snakes. Look at those snakes, They're, they're sons of hell. He said, hold on a minute here. Jesus, they won the award. They got the Governor General Award. How can you say that about them? Look how smart, how brilliant they are. They can quote the Bible from beginning to end. They're the ones that we should admire and respect. And Jesus said, oh no. These guys have that information, but they have no spiritual wisdom. The wisdom of God is a wisdom that teaches us how to put Knowledge into practice in a way that honors God. By the way, how do we honor God? Well, Jesus said that we can sum up the whole Bible in two, two commands. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love others as you love yourself. That's taking knowledge and putting it into practice. When you take knowledge and put it into practice, that's called wisdom. Let me give you another example. What's the difference between knowledge and wisdom? Knowledge is having the ability to recognize that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is the ability to know that you don't put tomatoes in fruit salad. Right? So if you're taking tomatoes and putting them in fruit salad, you may be knowledgeable, but you're not too bright. You may be knowledgeable, but you're not wise. Here's what Solomon is saying. Young people who obey the law are wise. Young people who obey their parents. Why, young people who do as they're told by their parents are wise. They have an advantage. They're going to get ahead in life in a way that other kids won't get ahead. So it has nothing to do with your wealth I shouldn't say it has nothing to do with your wealth because pro- obviously having a bit of prosperity does help. But I'm going to tell you, at the end of the day, if the kids don't have this godly wisdom, then they're, let's face it, they're doomed. That's where you come in, parents. You teach your children how to obey God, how to do things God's way. Now, in case you're sitting here thinking, oh, you know, Christianity is such a drag, God is a cosmic party pooper he just wants to make life miserable what you don't understand is that god is also a father and when god gives instructions to his children they for our good when i give my kids instructions when i tell them that they need to obey me and when i tell my kids they got to do what i tell them to do it's not because i want to make their lives miserable what do i want for my kids the same thing you want for your kids you want your kids to be happy and joyful and have a and be a success. You want your kids to succeed. You want your kids to do well. You want your kids to go to heaven. Right? Yeah. That's what I want. If my kids go to heaven, job well done. That's what I want at the end of the day. But if you as parents aren't teaching your kids how to obey so that they'll be wise for life, then you're putting your kids' lives in jeopardy, not just for this life, but for the life to come. Young people who obey the law are wise. And then, and then tacked on to the end of that verse, is a, it's like a phrase that doesn't really go with that. I mean, what, what's he thinking, Solomon? Young people who obey the law are wise. And those with wild friends bring shame to their parents. How do you make that jump? Well, Solomon's assuming that you've got the ability or have the wisdom to connect the dots. In case you don't have that wisdom yet, I'm going I'm to tell you what this means. Solomon is saying, when your kids hang out with wild, wild kids, or kids who don't love God, kids who don't follow the commands of God, guess what happens? Your kids become like the people they hang out with. And it's not just your kids, it's you. You become like the people that you hang out with. That's why at Cross Church, we try to encourage everybody to get into a small group so that you can develop a new set of friends, friends who love God. So when when our kids were growing up, we didn't mind our kids being friendly to those who don't love God. We didn't didn't mind our kids talking or being friendly, but we said, these are not going to be your friends. It's impossible for you to be friends with people that don't love God. And that's what, really what Paul says, right? Paul says, what fellowship does darkness have with light? It doesn't, they don't go together. and It's a no-brainer. You don't, you don't have to even be that wise to figure that one out. You don't want your kids to be hanging out with wild friends because your kids then will become like those wild friends. The Bible's clear about that as well. Don't be deceived. God's not mocked. We reap what we sow." Bad character, what does it do? It corrupts. So when your kids are hanging out with people with bad character, it corrupts them. And not just your kids, you too. And that's why you make a choice to hang out only with people who have your values. And that's why it's so important you get your kids to church. So my kids, although they, were, they had some friends in school, not many, their friends were here. It was in the house of God. And that's why they were in church every Sunday without fail. And that's why they were in youth group every Friday without fail. And that's why they're still involved in youth group. They're too old for youth now, now they're leaders in the youth group. Because those with wild friends bring shame to their parents. And I'm going to tell you, parents, at the end of the day, you do have to take responsibility for the way that you teach your kids. You see, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to you know, put a heavy on you or try, I'm not judging or condemning anybody. I'm giving you wisdom so that you can do this job right. And by the way, if, you, if we have any grandparents here today, your job is to help your kids take care of their kids. Your job is to help in that process so that your kids learn what it means to obey the laws of God so that they'll be wise. Now, you're sitting here today and you're thinking, Pastor Allen, <laughs> how am I going to do this? This is all so overwhelming to me. I don't know how I, how am I, I don't know. God made me a parent, but I mean, I don't know how to do this. Well, you've come to the right place. I can help you with that. That's my expertise. Here's what, here's what, another thing that Solomon says in Proverbs 22:6: 6. Direct your children onto the right path. Put them on the, on the right tra- track, Hey, if I'm going to go up to uh, if I'm going to go up to Thompson, Manitoba, I am not going to start on Highway 79. Right? W- where do I end up if I go down that highway? To-, to the states? You're the only one that knows where the states is. Whatever trail you're on, that's that's. When you get to the end of that trail, that's your destination. That's where you're going to end up. Really, really important. It's a very simple principle. But you are going to end up at the place, whether you like it or not, that that road goes to. So you're going to get your kids on the right path, on the right highway, and get them pointed in the direction that they can go. And when they're older, the Bible says, they will not leave it. I like what it says in the message version. It says, point your kids in the right direction, and when they're old, they won't be lost. Isn't that good? Get your kids going in the right direction, and when they're old, when they get to the end of the path, they'll be in the right place. And hopefully, that right place will be heaven. Now, here's what you need to know. You need to know that Christianity, our faith, and also the Jewish faith, is all about passing on our faith to others. Did you get that? The Jewish faith and the Christian faith, because remember, our Christian faith has its roots in, in the Hebrew faith, in the Jewish faith. It's all about passing our faith on to the next generation, beginning with our own children and our own grandchildren. Did you get that? We pass on our faith, it begins with our own kids. Now, Many of you don't know this, but God chose Abraham, called Abraham to be a parent. I don't know if you knew that. 3,800 years ago, 3,800 years ago, God says, I want to have a godly, righteous parent. Who am I gonna pick? And he picks Abraham. And here, listen, listen to this. Here's what it says here in Genesis 18, verse 19. For I have chosen him, that is Abraham, so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised to do. Did you get that? God called Abraham to be a parent. He wanted Abraham to be a godly parent, to produce godly offspring, to raise his children to love and to serve God. Why did he do that? Here's why. We think today in 2018, these are terrible, evil days. Would everybody agree with that? Yeah, I think we know that these are bad times. I mean, there's some good stuff happening, but we know that the the moral fabric of our society is it's actually getting worse and worse. I think we all would agree with that. But guess what? The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. And if you go back to Abraham's day, it was probably even worse then than it is today, or at least equal. So here's a world uh, steeped in evil. We see sexual perversion to an extreme in ways that, I I mean, I can't even mention to you some of the stuff that I dug up as I was doing research on this. It just, is so mind-boggling and so evil. And I think one of the most, most evil things that happened in Abraham's day is that people were actually sacrificing their babies to their gods. Horrible evil on the earth. People are murdering each other and killing each other And God says, we have to put a stop to this evil in this world. And so I'm going to raise up for myself a godly parent. Godly parents, Abram and Sarah. And that's what it says in Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. We need need godly parents to produce godly offspring. We need godly parents who are going to pass on their faith to their kids and to their kids' kids and their kids' kids' kids and so on and so forth. Hard to believe how evil the world was, and so God raises up Abraham. Hey, you know what? God raised up Abraham 3,800 years ago. In 2018, God's raising up parents right here to make a difference in our culture and our society. Hey, the reason I think that the darkness has has o- overwhelmed us and overtaken us is because I think parents have forgotten their job have forgotten that their job is to raise godly parents. That grandparents think, oh, well, it's not my job anymore. Yes, it is your job. and Even if you're a great-great-grandparent, it's your job. What I loved about my grandparents, Grandpa and Grandma Duncalf, is I knew that they were praying for us all the time. They prayed for their children, their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren. They prayed until they, they didn't have anything left to pray about. But that's how they lived their last years. Why? Because they want their kids to take the right path. Direct your children onto the right path. Maybe in your Bible you learned that as train up a child in the way he should go, when he's old, he'll not depart from it. It's the same verse. The point is this. You need to direct your children onto the right path. And by the way, this is not optional. You don't say to the kids, do you want to go to church? Do you, do you want to live by our values? What values would you like to live with? Would you like to be a Buddhist in our Christian home? Would you like to be a Hindu? Would you like to be a Wiccan? Would you like to be a, a witch? Hey, guys, our job is to teach our kids to put them on the right path. Look it, you're the parents. You don't give those, your kids those kinds of options. You tell them what to do because that is your job. So in case you're sitting here today and you're, you weren't sure whether you had permission to tell your kids what to do, I'm giving you permission right now to go home and tell your kids what to do. And don't worry about it. And if they ask, well, who who do you think you are, Mom? I'm your mom. And God's given me a job to do. And someday when I stand before God, I'm going to have to give an account. So you're going to do what I tell you to do. Amen? Wow. Ouch. Hey, Prophet Samuel, you know what he said? He said, rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft. When your kids are not obeying, Samuel says, they're acting like like little witches. Literally. And he says that stubbornness is as bad as worshiping idols. So our job is to teach that next generation how to obey God. That is your job. To obey the laws, to obey those who are in authority. To follow. Hey, did you know that the Apostle Paul when he was going around establishing churches, he told his young protégés, Timothy and Titus, to mention two of them. He says, what you need to do is you need to appoint elders and deacons and pastors. And Timothy and Titus said, well, what should they be like? How do we know that they're qualified to do the job? Well, Timothy and Titus, here's the list of things that, that, that these deacons these elders need to do. By the way, I'm, a, I'm an elder or pastor of this church, and we've got a few other elders. And I'm going to tell you, it's really important how our elders function in the, in the context of their family. Listen to this. Paul says the elder must manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him. Did you get that? The children have to obey and respect their parents. If, if you're going to be an elder in the church, if I'm going to be a pastor in this church, in my office I've got diplomas and I've got certificates and certifications and authorizations and so on and so forth that say that I can be a pastor. But I'm going to tell you, according to the Bible, my credentials are my children. You look at my kids and you look at my wife, my My marriage, my relationship to my wife, and watch my kids. That's my credentials. Doesn't matter what's hanging on my wall. Look at my family. That's the evidence or the proof that I can be a pastor. The elder must manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him. Look, listen to this. For if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? Isn't that something? Obedience. We're back to obedience again. Children who obey the law are wise. They have wisdom. They're going to do well in life. Even Jesus, before he left this earth, what did he tell his disciples? Go into all the world and make disciples. Doing what? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And what else did Jesus say? Teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. Hey, you know what? We're living in a, right now the church culture in North America. watch this. It's not growing. We're in decline. I don't know if you know that. But I can tell you, there's been uh, a real what we call what they call a worship movement. Really huge. It's coming out of the states. And we get people to church and just get them singing and just entering in and whatever, you know. And I got no problem with great singing and great worship, but I'm going to tell you what real worship is. Real worship is obedience to Jesus Christ. I don't care how good your voice is. I don't care how talented you are on your guitar, on your drums. I don't care how great your voice is. If you don't obey Jesus from day to day to day, then you're, you, you don't have Christianity. You have a religion that is a sham. It's fake. What matters at the end of the day is whether or not you are obeying Jesus Christ moment by moment. This is what we call holiness. And, and the writer of Hebrews says, without holiness, no one is going to heaven. So, if you're going to worship God in a way that pleases God, it begins first with obedience to His commands. Because to obey is better than sacrifice. The writer of Hebrews tells us to bring the sacrifice of praise. But I'm going to tell you if that sacrifice of praise does not come out of a life of obedience to Jesus Christ, it's empty and meaningless. Let the Spirit of God speak to you right now. It's not so much what happens here on Sunday morning. it what, ha- what happens when you leave this building and leave this property. That's where real worship begins. How you treat your wife, how you treat your kids, how you treat your friends, how you treat your boss, your workmates, how you drive down the street even. To obey is better than Sacrifice. Look at Parents are called by God to impart wisdom to their children so that their children will avoid rebellion and have a great life. That's really what it's all about. It's not that we want to make life miserable for our kids. We want our kids to have a great life. We want our kids to be happy and joyful and do well. But it only happens when they learn to obey God. And then you begin to see the fruit of a life that's disciplined. So, Pastor Alan... (laughs) how am I going to be a wise parent? How am I going to get this right? Well, first of all, there's a few conversations that you have to have. First of all, the first conversation is this. You actually have to to share with your kids your faith. So many of us, we bring our kids to church, drop them off at the kingdom, bring them to kids club, let somebody else do the job. But I'm going to tell you right now, parents, it's your job. It's It's not our job. It's not even my job. Your job is to raise your children to serve and to love God, to obey him. In fact, that's what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Listen to this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Have you heard that before? Jesus said that, didn't he? And here he's quoting from Deuteronomy 6. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Did you get that? Wholeheartedly, not flippantly. Not well, you know, we'll keep most of the commandments, but not all of them. No, it's wholeheartedness. You're you're look at this, folks, you're in it or you're not. It's hundred percent or nothing. There isn't there's not eighty or ninety percent. That's not how God works. It's not how hey, if I said to my wife, look, I'm gonna be faithful to you 99% of the time, do you think she'll be happy with that? I, 99%, dear. I pat myself on the back. Those, that's great numbers. I mean, who would like to get 99% on a test? We're not talking about a test. We're talking about a relationship. A relationship with God. And God's asking for 100%. And if I'm going to tell you this. As parents, this is what you're expecting from your kids. Talk to them about these commands. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. Tie them on your hands. Wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. But teach them the commands of God and teach them to obey them. Let's not just give information to our kids, but teach them how to obey So it begins, first of all, with a conversation about your faith. You've got to tell your kids what you believe and why you believe. You say, Pastor Allen, I don't know what I believe. Well, then you need to sign up for our doctrines classes. We've done that before, which teaches you what we believe. But in the meantime, get busy figuring it out yourself. Get your Bible out and start reading it. Check the Internet and find out what does a Christian believe. And then Google it again. Why do I believe this? What difference does it make? That's a conversation you need to keep having with your kids. And and look at this, right back to Deuteronomy. Talk to them about it constantly. Talk about your faith. Why do you believe this? Why is it important? Tell your kids about your personal testimony and how you came to Jesus and what God saved you from and why serving God is so much better than not serving God. That's the first conversation. The second conversation that you need to have is you need to explain and point out to them what happens when you don't obey God's word. What a catastrophe. How many would agree today that the disasters in your life, the problems in your life, all happen when you refuse to obey God? Would you say amen to that? You know exactly what I'm talking about. But every time you obey God's word, every time you do what God tells you to do, wow, that's a game changer. It sets you up to, to succeed and to do well. It sets you up for what God wants. And that's why in Sunday school, in our kingdom, we teach kids the Bible stories, Adam and Eve. What happened when they disobeyed God? Oh, hell broke loose. They're kicked out of, out of the beautiful garden, and now they've got to suffer when they work, and their husband, Adam and Eve, hate each other. They're mad at each other, and the brothers hate each other. They kill each other. It's a mess. That's what happens when you disobey God. And look look at Noah. He obeyed God, and guess what? He escaped the flood. That's what happens when you obey God. You escape disaster. Some of us are going through a flood right now. Some of us are going through the fire right now. And you wouldn't be going through that fire right now if you had obeyed God in the first place. Amen? And if you've made mistakes in your life, be honest about it. Tell your kids. Don't make your kids suffer all alone thinking they're the only ones that have ever committed that sin. You admit it. You've done the same thing. I had a parent ask me, hey, if I tell my kids the mistakes I made, won't that give them permission to do the same thing? No, not at all. You're being honest with them. Look, at this is how I messed up, and I don't want you to mess up like that. I want to save you the disasters that I went through. It's called being honest with your kids. It's called being authentic and real. Abraham obeyed God. He became the father of Israel. And he's actually our father as well as Christians because he's the father of faith. Samson disobeyed God. He lost his hair, lost his eyesight, lost his strength. And in those final moments of his life, he said, God, give me one more chance. And he pulled down that horrible temple to that horrible God, Dagon, and he actually lost his life. Thank God, God redeemed him in the end. But you have to have these conversations with, with your kids. Shh, point out to your kids look at this. This is what happens. This is the life, this is what your life becomes when you don't obey God. Parents, that's your job. Talk to your kids. Be honest and real with them. The third thing I want to point out to you quickly and then we're we're done. You need to be an example to your kids, an example of godliness. Hey, look at this. Prophet Malachi, in chapter 2, verse 15, he says, didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? Man, you're one with your wife. In body and in spirit, you are his. And what does he want? Now, this might surprise you. When you got married to your wife, God wanted godly husband, godly wife. And by the way, this is why I won't marry somebody who's not marrying a a fellow believer. If it's two unbelievers, no problem. But I'm not going to marry somebody who's a believer and somebody who's not a believer. I can't do that, because that goes against Scripture. Paul says that, what fellowship does darkness have with light? Because at the end of the day, God wants a godly couple to produce godly children, godly children from your union. And so Malachi says this, how are you going to produce godly children? It starts with you, parents. You have to set an example. You have got to be a godly father and a godly mother and so malachi warns you got to guard your heart you have to remain loyal to the wife of your youth you got to protect yourself against evil because your kids are watching you like a hawk maybe some of you grew up in a home where your parents said do as i say and not as i do you know what it doesn't work because if a parent, if a mother or father are, are demonstrating to their kids that they can break the law, then their kids are going to do the same thing. If you think it's important to have a daily walk with God, then your kids are going to develop that. I told Sarah, I'm not letting you leave home until I can see that you have a, a real walk with God. I'm not letting you go to, off to, to Toronto to school because she's going to Toronto to school. But you're not going until you have a daily walk with God. She so didn't get mad at me. And so she really tucked in and developed that habit. And I said, Now you're ready to go. That's my job as a parent. But she sees me doing that. She sees me having a daily walk with God. I tell my, my kids, You have to go to church every Sunday. I'm teaching my kids how to live by my example. And you say, Well, Pastor Ellen, that's not fair. You're a pastor, you have to go to church. <laughs> pastor Ellen, you're getting paid to be good. We're good for nothing. Do you know what? We've never missed church. Gloria, went, once the babies were born, she was, she was there the Sunday after, no matter what. Now I'm not saying everybody's got to stick to that to that radical extreme, <laughs> but we want our kids to know how critical it is. You have to go to church, and it's every Sunday without fail. Why? Because it's not a 99 percent; it's 100 percent. You don't dabble in Christianity. You take it seriously. You say, Pastor is it really that important to go to church every Sunday? Ask Jesus. The gospel writer said Jesus was in the habit. Literally, that's the word. Jesus was in the habit of going to church every week. That was Jesus' habit. Now, if Jesus had to go to church every week, don't you think we need to go to church every week? Hello? A pastor uh, down in the... St- Date said in his church, he considers regular attendance going to church two times a month. It doesn't work, people. I'm telling you, it doesn't work. As a father, as a pastor for all these years, I'm telling you, you need to be in church every Sunday. Now, look, I'm not putting guilt trips on you, but I'm teaching you what it means to be obedient to God. It's just God's idea. Now, I haven't got time to go through all the seven habits, but by the way, if you haven't got a seven habits bookmark, get it. Because I'm going to tell you, that's how we raised our kids. We made our kids do everything, all seven of those habits. Go to church every Sunday. First we we'll have a daily walk with God. Go to church every Sunday. Every time you make a decision, ask yourself the question, what would Jesus do? That's what we call holiness. What would Jesus do? That's what we do. Number four, you need to get into a small group. They're, they're in small groups. Hey, if you're bringing your kids to church every Sunday, they're in a small group right now. Because we have everything's broken down into small groups. We want our kids to serve. Our kids are all serving in the church. We we uh, teach our kids discipleship. You need to be discipled, and you have to make disciples. You have to be trained to follow Christ, and you have to introduce people to Jesus Christ. And then finally, we teach our kids to give because we give. And Jesse, Nicholas, and Sarah—they're all givers. They give regularly from their salary. It's the first thing that they do when they get their paycheck. They give their their 10%. And then on top of that, they even give to support children in Burundi. Direct your children onto the right path. And when they're older, they will not leave it. Would you stand with me, please? God... We need your grace and your strength to direct our children in the way that they should go. For many of us, we didn't have parents that taught us the right way. For many of us, we were just sort of left to our own devices and we tried to figure it out on our own. And by your mercy and grace, God, you called us and you brought us into the family of God and you helped us. But God, we, wanted, we, wanted, we really want to step it up so that our children... Have the benefit maybe of what we didn't have. We want our kids to learn what it means to follow God. We want our kids to know the power of obedience. So help us as parents to pass this on to our kids because to obey God is to love God. And that's what you want. You want us to love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And so as we go from this place, Help us, we pray, to be a people who are obedient, who guard our hearts, so that we are the best parents, most godly parents, so that our kids will grow up and follow our example. And we pray that in Jesus' name. And everyone said it with me. Tell the person beside you,